Say it now, say it now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the city of Portland, Oregon. Myself, Spencer Shea is back. Yeah. (laughs) I like to to hear that sound. Yeah, he's back. He's back. What's up, Zeb? What's up, P? (laughs) It's good to see you two gentlemen. It's good to see you as well. Glad to have you here today. And we'll get coyotes back in the hen house. Get it. (laughs) And we'll get into a little bit of of briefly why you've been away for a little while. But he's here, and I'm glad to have him. But let's start off with the wind shares. This weekend, I will be outside per usual. Nothing new. I've been there, I'm still there, and I'll be there again. Starting Friday night at Lulu Bar on Grand. It's been a great vibe. We're about a month into the residency there. I'm there every Friday, so just get used to hearing Lulu Bar and the announcements here and the wind shares, to be exact, here, because uh, I'm there every Friday, 10 p.m. until close. It is a beautiful vibe there. It is a nice, dimly lit, intimate vibe with great neo-soul and R&B style of music, which I love, and I've told y'all before I love, because that is my favorite genre of music. So it works just great for me, and in this last month, it's worked great for everybody who's come out to vibe out. So come through if you can, if it's not too late. If it is too late, you can catch me on Saturday. I will be at Bible Club from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. So, yeah, I understand Lulu's is a little bit later, Friday night. Um... Some people are in bed by 10 p.m. I get it. Not me. But Saturday, I can get you back home by 10 p.m. And you won't be going to bed too late, too far after your bedtime anyway. So I'll be in bed at 10 p.m. a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm working. See me in my bed. I'm outside with it. But again, 7 p.m., Bible Club in Selwood. Always a great time there on the backyard patio. You can vibe out. You can drink. You can eat. They got PDX Sliders right next door. It's actually owned by the same person, PDX Sliders and Bible Club. A lot of people don't know that. PDX Sliders is super popular, and Bible Club has gained traction of its own, obviously winning Cocktail Lounge of the Year in 2022 um, and and still thriving. And it's going to be thriving even more so now as we kind of start to break away from the winter months and start to enter into spring here and ultimately summer with the backyard patio vibe. It will be great. So you'll be hearing a lot of me spinning up there as well. But I will be there this Saturday. So come enjoy yourself there. Now, Spencer. Yeah. We ain't seen you in a little while, man. Ain't yeah. heard from you in a little while. How you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. Uh, I've been feeling good, you know, it's trying to stay healthy. I uh, got myself a new job. That's all I'll say. I've been working on some music here and there. Follow me at Play for Par. I got some stuff that's going to be released here shortly. Shout out Austin Christ. He's my friend that I'm working it on. Music with. And, you singing? Uh, you playing? Yeah, what you singing, doing? singing, you know, singing, and we wrote some songs and I got more stuff coming. I'm thinking about rapping, too. I mean, I, you know, I see Dame out here rapping. I'm like, give me a microphone. <laughs> Season's Come over. On. so It's been over. <laughs> it's been over, sir. But you know what? I'm always doing something. Yeah. I'm always doing something. And so, uh, you shit, you might even see me at Bible Club. Hey. Come I through. like to dance when I go to Bible Club. Bible Club is a good spot. It's a yo. good spot. To it dance. is a really good spot. Great spot to dance. And what I like about Bible Club in particular, before we get into the topics yeah, we're of the still day, on y'all shares. know what we're talking about. But yeah, we're still on wind shares. But to brag a little bit more about Bible Club, where I'll be at this Saturday, what I like about it personally as a DJ is that primarily 
it's live music that's there. Sure. So there's sort of this niche audience that comes there for good live music week in and week out. And then you have DJs that kind of, you know, fit in between that. But with them having so much live music there, when you come there to do a DJ set, you don't have the expectation of trying to meet a vibe more so, Mm. which is what you should do. It's a skill you should learn. It's a skill you should have reading the room. And I'm not saying reading the room goes all the way out the window at Bible Club because you got to be able to read the room in any circumstance, in any environment to have success majority of the time in that space. But what I mean is, is that if you do have a talented really good set if you really get in deep dive into your b-sides but you particularly just have really good music even if you do decide to go mainstream but you're just playing really really good music they can vibe with that there because for them it's more so like music for the soul music so i can get up and dance and really also really just more so it's a performance there and so djing there you're more so in your performance bag rather which i always am for for what it's worth but like i'm not also performing for an environment that already is stuck it's in its own way which is kind of what it is at most bars and most clubs. Like most places are known for a particular vibe and that's the vibe that they want to stick with because that's the vibe that's worked out for them. It's not a bad business model. It's, it's also one that sometimes can get you a ceiling. I've seen that in certain cases yeah. and instances as well, but you can pigeonhole yourself, but it's not a bad business model, especially if it's working. Right. And so with Bible club, it is more so like, Oh, I can let loose. I can really get into some of my deeper cuts and it'll be more appreciated here because it's more so about the vibe that I set and that I create out here in this backyard rather than the vibe that this establishment has become known for, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, the whole setup lends itself to like an intimate performance. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. It's a backyard patio. It's like you're you're just kicking it in somebody's backyard. Right. That's really what it's exactly (laughs) what it actually is. So You're kicking it in somebody's backyard. It's tight. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you don't have to meet a certain standard. Somebody's aunt gets up and starts dancing in front of the table, and it's like, I've seen this before. This is comfortable to me. It's just like that. Yeah. It's just like that. So that vibe alone in itself is just super dope. So pull up if you all can. Now, to get to what everybody is here to listen to us discuss today, because I know it's a lot of you out there, because a lot of you have been hitting me up over these last few days, and we will just get straight to it here. First off, I want to send out a congratulations to LSU Women's Basketball for being the national champions of the NCAA this season. two points. Incredible <laughs> run. They went crazy. The entire season they went crazy, though. They only lost two games over the course of the season. They obviously ran through the tournament, and they ended with an absolute bang. And we're going to start off with congratulations to them. Next, I want to just give a shout-out to women's basketball at large because we're coming off of a, of a historic weekend. The most viewed, get watched Final Four game and championship game, that was the most viewed women's, women's basketball, basketball game, game ever. ever, the championship game on Sunday. So I want to leave with love here today because we're going to get into some of the stickier stuff and here we, shortly. And, and, there was a, and there was a part of us between you and I just to go inside baseball where we thought that the South Carolina game may get more – 
viewership than the uh, national title game. I absolutely did. And and I think more so it just set the stage for the national title game is ultimately what did happen, yeah, for sure. especially if you're looking at it just from the lens of the viewer, of the views, excuse me, the amount of views on that particular day. And I don't think that that game gets the views that it gets without the Final Four getting historic views in its own right as well just a couple of days before. So the fact that you have this historic Final Four event, it set the stage for a national championship that everybody wanted to be a part of. And we all came together, and we were all a part of it. And boy, did we do what we always do. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we messed it up. Boy, did we do what we always do here in the United States of America. Now, obviously, let's just get straight to it. Angel Reese, phenomenal player, All-American, and ended up winning the most outstanding player for LSU. A black woman, LSU. 32 or 34 double-doubles? Something, something like crazy. That. 30 just plus double-doubles. Just number. A, a killer season. She had, again, an All-American season, most outstanding player at the tournament. Congratulations to her for that. Angel Reese, um, playing against that of Caitlin Clark, who, quite frankly, has been the best player in women's basketball this season at the NCAA level. She just has. I think she really proved that in the South Carolina game, and we'll get to that game as well as we kind of get into the pretext of everything that ultimately ended up happening. But Caitlin Clark proved to me in that Final Four weekend, and obviously prior to that where she's had a great season and became the National Player of the Year anyway, Caitlin Clark proved it as to why she was the national player of the year. Of course, you had South Carolina, who was coming off of winning the national championship a season ago, undefeated all year long, still had Aaliyah Boston on their team, who was the national player of the year a season ago when they won the title. So you get to this situation where you have Iowa playing against South Carolina in a round of Final Four, and it's this year's national player of the year against last year's national player of the year. And quite frankly, Caitlin Clark and Iowa got the best of South Carolina in that game on the floor. So you fast forward, Angel Reese and LSU Uh-oh. beat Iowa. And there's a, I don't want to call it the John Cena because the culture has been met, letting it be known. It's the Tony no, that's, Yayo. That's the, that's the Tony Yayo. It's the Tony Yayo. Oh, Anywho, there's a <clears throat> celebration that Tony Yayo created John Cena popularized, and Caitlin Clark did in back-to-back games against Louisville and against that of South Carolina where you wave your hand in front of your face basically telling your opponent, you can't see me. That's what that celebration is all about. You can't see me. So, again, you're scoring 40-point games. You're beating these teams. All good. You deserve to show out and brag a little bit. You know why? Because you came, you saw, you conquered. Now, the Rabbits got the gun. This time around, you get conquered by that of LSU, who, again, has had a phenomenal season all year long. Angel Reese flat out made it a point to go to Caitlin Clark and do the Tony Ayo and tell Caitlin Clark, you can't see me. But for whatever reason, society had its nerve to show up 
and show out again like we always do when we all show up together because this is all we know and we sometimes don't want to acknowledge and it can be accountable in regards to this is what we know and we try to avoid it and our toxic ways just oozed out. And we know one of the most toxic traits the United States of America has is racism. And it showed, it oozed out, it spewed out. She became a fucking idiot. She became a piece of shit. She became all of these things. And yeah, I'll single out some of the people that that said some of those remarks, unlike Don Staley did, who kind of hinted in her press conference after the Iowa versus South Carolina game that, hey, y'all are talking about my players who happen to be majority black in ways that y'all shouldn't be talking about them. There's people in the, need, in the media who she would not name because you know what? She's classy as all get out. But she let it be known, y'all are taking it a bit far here because you have this young white girl who is playing absolutely heroic and you feel like you're beating us and you're conquering us in a way that is beyond the game of basketball. And as she calls that out in the press conference, what happens two days later? You have everybody once again, once Caitlin Clark then was conquered, that took things beyond the game of basketball. But here's the problem. Many would deem it to be beyond the game of basketball, but it wasn't. This has been a part of the game of basketball for generations. The NBA isn't what it is today without Magic and Larry Bird. America isn't what America is today without that of racial tension. And we had a situation and we had a scenario where politics intersected with sports again because sports are inherently political but because y'all don't want to be accountable and have the monolithic belief that sports are inherently political you create a mess like this because there's no structure in regards to how to progress this thing in a way that works for everybody because everybody isn't acceptance of of the fact that sports are political ask dr biden Jill, we'll get to you today, too. Trust me, I'm coming for everybody. But I just want to start off letting it be known that before we even get into how we feel personally about things that were said, people who said them, what it means for one side, what it means for another side, before we get into all of that, I want us to acknowledge, first and foremost, the primary reason that this happened is because we don't all accept the fact that sports are political. So our politics show in a bunch of weird and nasty ways. And that's what it did right here. Yeah, I mean, straight up, bro. And I appreciate you laying it out like that because it, it makes it easier to just be like, <clears throat> you're coming from an insecure place. That's really what it is. When you can't accept that these sport arenas are... I mean, whether you want them to or not, these are the places where this socio-political and racial discourse is going to manifest itself and take place in the most grandiose way. Yeah. It's on stage. It's broadcasted. It, it, there's so much heart and soul yeah. in this game and, and, in these, and in these competitions that that's a good place to really have these discussions. But when you start by just 
I mean, not being able to acknowledge, I mean, we could go down the list, right? Yeah. All of this discourse surrounding these two women, you know, but, but, but at the same time, students, students competing in a game that really has nothing to do with anyone else except for them too. The, the, the thing that I, I wanted to mention first is that the disrespect toward the competition of women's sports and the competitiveness that, that is inherent in them and in that game, j- as exactly the same in anywhere else this competition has had between people yeah. is really uh, – I, I really didn't appreciate that, and I really don't appreciate that because I'm a huge fan – and I see it all the time as because I call games and stuff. And right. so it's like, and cause I want and so like that right off the bat, it's like, so so when so when you do something like that and you go, oh, it's classless, Dave Portno, oh, it's classless to I, I already have I, I don't value anything that you're gonna have to say next. Yes. Because you started at this point that I know that the conversation is not going to be able to get to where it needs to actually go mm-hmm. to have a pro- progressive conversation about it. Yeah. Where people can talk honestly about their feelings and about, like you said, what we may personally feel. And what has happened. We just had Dr. Jules Boykoff on the podcast last week. We broke down the history of racist sports back into the 1800s. Yeah, 150 years ago. It's not new territory. The problem is it's territory that we try to avoid, and it just slaps us upside the head over and over again and proves who everybody is over and over and over again, and we fall in the same trap every single time, which is in some cases, good that we have these reckonings. I'm not saying that there's no value in having these reckonings, but there's less value in reckonings if we don't learn and accept what it is that these reckonings are expressing and letting us know. Showing us about ourselves. It's showing us about ourselves. And that's the thing that it's crazy to me because it's like, you know, when you don't acknowledge that there is a racial element to this game and that that has driven... I would say a lot of the viewership because we, because you and I both know that, and I've had conversations with people over the last week that are like, I I was made a fan of women's basketball just off of the pure competition. And I'm like, yeah, that's what everybody's been trying to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) That's a different, it's not made up. That's a different conversation, but it's like, I just, you just have to come from the right place. Because and, there was so much missed, man. And there's so much missed in this. And here's the thing. And, and I want to put some of y'all on game in, in regards to the time period that we're in when it comes to women's basketball. I'm not the most greatest versed when it comes to women's basketball. I'm not going to sit here and say that. But I do call women's basketball games. I've been doing it for the last five years. I am a part of that game. And I, again, as you mentioned, we call these games. We're in that action. So don't think the disconnect is there either because we're connected to the women's basketball game at the collegiate level. But regardless of the level, we're tapped in with it. So let's start there. I want to acknowledge that too. But First off, we're in a very revolution, revolutionary moment in time when it comes to college basketball, especially at large, but even more so women's basketball, more so than men's basketball. Obviously, you think of things like the NIL situation, which Angel Reese has the most NIL deals of anybody in men's or women's basketball. And that was obviously prior to the final four, but that's just how big time of a player she is. So you have this NIL situation that's taking place right now. You also have the transfer portal that 
has absolutely changed the game. LSU had nine transfers on that team that just won that championship. Nine. They won the that's the, the, insane. They won the national title with nine transfers. So one of have, the things that was just glossed over and missed. You have that that's making things the way that they are. And then quite frankly, you just got coronavirus. That that is just COVID has impacted and affected every single thing, especially in college basketball again and college athletics at large again, where you have players that now are eligible to play an extra year for yep. the year that was missed out on in 2020 because of coronavirus shutting the world down. We were all there for that. So when you consider all of these things that's happening within college basketball, but the difference between the women's game and how those things impact the women's game more than the men's game is the men have more options to go get paid more money. They have options to get paid money beyond the NIL, and you have more alternative routes that you can take to play at the highest level on the men's side of things. Women, once they leave college basketball, they have to have to take that degree with them because they're just not getting paid enough money and other options to play at the professional level. So with that, you have these longer tenured athletes that are playing at this level in this revolutionary moment in time. And usually when anything revolutionary is happening in this country, racial tensions tend to surface. So you have that aspect of it right there. Now you have, let's take it to the final four. Before we even get to the national championship game, you have this team in South Carolina that's been revolutionary in their own way, in their own right. They're defending, they're the defending national champions. They have a black woman as their head coach, and they are thirty six and zero coming into that game. They're the best basketball team in the country. They're the best basketball team in, in the country. That's what it but is. so so they're revolutionary in their own right. Obviously, Don Staley let it be known they've dealt with their racial tensions. And all the ways that they have, again, I wish she would have kind of just came out and, and and been a little bit more just direct about it. But she kind of went around the, ring around the rosy a little bit, but she at least put us on game and she made us aware that it was going on, which a lot of us knew it was going on anyway. But I would rather her say what it was that she did say than not say anything or acknowledge it at all, especially after what ended up happening two days after that. After that, Then you got Iowa and you got Caitlin Clark, who we're calling the Steph Curry of college basketball, of women's basketball. Steph right Hurry. Now. <laughs> we call it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Steph Hurry. Like, like, and we all know how revolutionary Steph Curry is in his own right. So Caitlin Clark is becoming an absolute hero in real time. And she's been doing this stuff for all a while now but it's like now it's just as she gets older and she gets better and she's doing it in the big lights her first time in the final four you know what I mean she's doing it on the biggest stage Mm -hmm. at the level that she's on so she's doing that and again you have LSU you have Angel Reese she's a revolutionary player the most NIL deals of any college basketball player in men's or women's basketball Mm -hmm. so all the of cutting this. edge of the cutting edge so, is Angel Reese in that space. Absolutely. Absolutely. So all of this is happening, and you have Angel Reese ultimately become victorious and win this championship, and now you have people like Jill Biden, after seeing all the backlash that Angel Reese has gotten, after being there, Doc, you were there. 
Dr. Jill Biden, <laughs> as culturally as incompetent as she wants to be, wants to come out here and say, you know what? Both teams play so well. Let's send them both to the White House. I'm going to suggest to Joe that both teams should come to the White House. I mean, that's some grandma shit, but I, you know. That's some you, slap in the face I, shit. I know, I know, I know. Listen, I tried to think about it because I'm like, can I give, I just know that I have known people in my life that will do and say some stuff like that, particularly older women like my grandma or my aunt to be like, you know what? Everybody should be a winner and everyone should get involved. And like, and it's toned at, that's one thing but when you're the first lady of the united, of the states, united states you don't get that benefit of the doubt dude. no you don't no and so it's like chill what are you doing like that and, and that's just more disrespect toward the competitive nature of the of women's sports yeah in my opinion because she assumed that let's give let's give out participation trophies in women's sports Nobody essentially because exactly not even caitlin clark Nobody who by the way that. let's give caitlin more credit on top of how well that she played caitlin has come out since all of this has happened and said that y'all shouldn't be critiquing angel reese so let's talk about that there you shouldn't be doing that but back to you, Doc. <laughs> How culturally incompetent can you be? I mean, I, she she. You don't out. see anything that's going on. You didn't advise. You didn't. I mean, like you were there. I saw I saw Natasha Cloud and people that were at these games that were talking about how tense it was from a racial dynamic in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, couldn't have missed that. You could you could feel it through the television. You could feel it through the television. Look, I'm at I'm at the sports bar prior to me going to go do a DJ set on Friday night, and I'm at a sports bar watching the game before I head over to go spin. So I'm watching the game at the bar. I'm the only black guy in the bar, which, hey, I live in Portland. Welcome to Portland. It happens. It happens. (laughs) But you could feel the energy in everybody in the entire bar. And this is a pretty nice-sized bar, by the way. It's not a hole in the wall. It's not a hole in the wall. And there's all white people there. And they Hi, were going <laughs> crazy for Caitlin Clark. Sure, people. she was balling out. All right. We all go crazy for somebody that's balling out. But nah, this was a different this kind of crazy. Visceral. This was yeah, it was something about this generation. Yeah, this, yes. this this had this type of crazy. Like this has something to do with your identity type of crazy. This wasn't just Look. we are all having fun watching ball here. And I'm the only one in there that wants to see Don Staley win. And again, that's okay. The totally. problem was none of us in the bar were and most of you out there are willing to just talk about that right. and accept that and for what it is it and now it. let's just have fun with it we Why know where not? we stand i know where i stand i'm going for down in south carolina the good part. i know it where you stand but you're acting like it's only because of the sport no your identity is attached to this yeah, yeah the heart and the soul it's is okay in to it. accept that yes it is it's okay to accept that. So now you have this situation where, again, nobody wants to call it out for what it is. And, like, again, you felt it in the arena. You felt it at the sports bar. You felt it through the television screen, as you mentioned. So, again, part of the reason why I'm glad Don tiptoed around it because it ended up bubbling up even more for it to be, like, on blatant display once again. But 
part of the reason why I do wish she kind of would have been more direct because we would have been having the conversations that we should have been having after she said that prior to Angel Reese taunting Caitlin Clark. So now that we get to this point that we've let it bubble up even more and we and it climaxes where Caitlin Clark is on the losing side of it, by the way, because that matters too. Caitlin Clark is on the losing side of it and she's getting taunted. And because your identities are attached to Caitlin Clark and what she looks like, all of a sudden, all y'all fragility came out. <laughs> Keith Oberman, let's get to you. Yeah, why, I didn't even realize that guy was still alive. Let's get to you, Keith Oberman. <laughs> it's like, shit, Keith Oberman. Thanks for alive? letting us know where you stand. Well, he said... Uh, he called her a fucking idiot. He seen the play. Oh, he yeah, saw the play. Idiot. He called her a fucking idiot as if she did something violent to Caitlin Clark with his fragile ass. White fragility at its finest. This is white fragility at its absolute finest. And then your it just it, your, after your white fragility meter just oozed out, and we all saw that you want to come out and make an apology because you didn't know that Caitlyn's been doing it for the last two games when she's been winning. Yeah, I, he's surely. Why are you here, Keith not, Oberman? He's not a basketball dude. Why are you here? He, he's not. It has nothing to do with basketball. That's the point. I mean, the only reason you showed up was to try to pile on Angel Reese. And it showed because you never even knew Caitlin Clark been doing it all tournament long. Right. So now we know why you're here. Mm -hmm. You can dismiss yourself, brother, buddy, sucker. Why are you here? Because it ain't because of basketball, clearly. You said it in your apology. I don't follow it. I don't. And then you want to tell us what's right and what's wrong about sportsmanship, and you don't even follow sports? So now Caitlin Clark is wrong as well. No, you didn't just say that Angel Reese was wrong. You called her a fucking idiot. So if you want to acknowledge in your little whack-ass apology that Caitlin Clark is wrong too, Although I wouldn't agree with it, I would at least respect if you kept the same energy and called her a fucking idiot too, but you didn't. You didn't. No surprise there. Just white fragility at its finest. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny. It's it, Look, it's pretty funny. I, 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 uh, I will say that, you know, <laughs> it's, I, I, it's all pretty ridiculous, right? I mean, this is all, it's, it's all oh, we ain't very done. dumb. Like how dumb it has been is, is, is pretty funny to me because like I said, none of, no, nobody, not Angel Reese, not Caitlin Clark, none of the teams, they don't give a shit what anybody is saying, especially Keith Olbermann. Like it's, it's so it. not even on their radar. It's not even on their radar. And it's just funny. But again, America showed up and showed out <laughs> as it always does. Everybody, everybody turned into, everyone was very insecure, man. It, it turned everybody very insecure. Oh, insecure. Let's not get to Dave Portnoy or Dave Fuckboy or whatever his name is. <laughs> you want to talk about insecure? Uh, yeah, what, yeah he, what he basically said. The he same called thing. her a classless, classless piece, piece of, of shit. shit. That's right. Classless piece of shit. Dave Portnoy, the man who owns the Guys on Guys sports platform, Barstool Sports. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you care about women? And what class looks like in women's basketball? But you got a boys are back in town platform? 
Do you even like them? I'm just asking here. Where did you come from? I don't know, man. I don't know where he came from, bro. I don't even know how that dude got famous because that that his 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 content is really shitty. It's not funny. It's not great. The only guy that I don't know if he thought he had a pass because he signed Gillian Wallow, and thank goodness for them coming out and having to let him know about himself more so Wallow than Gilly. Gilly did, but, you know, Gilly kind of, all right, Dave, he's still our guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. We know what it is. Yeah, and, and I don't even, and personally, I don't have a problem like with that. that feeds I don't have a problem with that, but also, I don't really care about you and Dave being cool like that. We know y'all cool. You signed a deal with him. You don't have to reiterate that to me right now. I don't give a fuck. We know y'all cool. Y'all getting money together. That that tells me everything I need to know. Wallow stood a thousand percent in. Dave, you wrong. We own this million dollars worth of game platform. Shout out to Angel Reese on and so forth. Yeah. Like, I appreciate them for doing it, though. Because there are some people that get money with people that just wouldn't have did it because their money is at risk. No, so even make, I do respect it. And again, I don't even care that Dave Portnoy and Gilly is cool like that. We know that. That's why y'all here addressing this shit right now. Right. But you just had to remind us, huh, Gil? And I love you, Gil. I'm a fan of Gilly and Wallow. But let's call it what it is right now. Shilling. Dave Portnoy coming out, calling people a classless piece of shit. Created his whole platform off of being classless. And now you and your feelings and you spiteful about women's basketball, huh, Mr. Man? You shut up and go mind the guy business over there that made you rich. Don't come in here hating and being spiteful and calling women out of their names and calling them a piece of shit just because you felt like they was wrong for taunting? For taunting? You created your whole platform off taunting and jokes and going against the grain and not being politically correct. Now all of a sudden, Angel Reese want to wave her hand in her own face and she got to be a piece of shit. Y'all show y'all hand every time. That's ultimately the point that I'm getting at. Your hands get shown every single time. And the reason why your hands consistently get shown is because you're trying to hide them. Ain't no point in hiding them. Be accountable. Sports are inherently political. Every time it proves itself. You know, all those guys are supposed to be like entertainers. You know, this is what we're this is what we do. We're entertainers, right? Yeah. And a lot of entertainment is being funny. I think. I think at the heart of it is supposed to be funny. And none of that shit was funny. None of none of no nobody even tried to crack a joke. It's like you're not even trying to disguise the thing anymore. You guys are just straight up racist, and that's all right, I guess. The, but. The- you know, it, it's it, it. They know that we know that history knows that. Right. The thing is, is my problem with it is the shit that y'all allow to trigger it. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Like, y'all really allowed this moment. We, this should not be this big of a deal right well, you now, know, yo. Man, well, you know, man. It that, should not be this big of a deal. I mean, I, look. I, I, <laughs> but it is, so here we are. You know, you gotta, it's a little bit funny if you just think for a second, you go, you know, a team from Iowa that uh, looks like Steve Carell's daughter and my little sister went out and beat... <laughs> the greatest basketball team in the country, a bunch of black girls. And it's like, that's amazing. When people online were like, yo, why is it that Caitlin Clark gets to be called heroic when she does it? And Angel Reed, it's like, because it's fucking heroic what she just did. She did some it's shit. Crazy. It's incredible. Listen, and we can't even acknowledge that for what it is shit. at its core. <laughs> and, 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 even, and, and then a step further, how really funny it is. <laughs> Cause, that cause, same team that everyone was like, holy shit, the white girls are going to do it. And then they get to Louisiana. Oh, LSU, and like, was no, oh, LSU was lying and wait. LSU was lying and wait. What you think they, was going to happen, bro? They used that Come as on. absolute motivation. And again, that's cool. If you're a competitor, like, you know funny, that that bro. happens. It's funny. It's not even just that it's funny. It's competition. And again, we just had Dr. Jules Boykoff on here last week, and we talked about the nationalism that occurs in the to Olympic me, it, Games. To me, it has been embedded in competition. Yeah, we, it's been there the whole time. It's been embedded in it. We talked about the national. He, hey, if everybody's really in solidarity here, how about just all the players that play this sport? Don't matter the country. Y'all just mix in together in a big old group and walk out together. If we're really about solidarity, but no, America's basketball team is going to walk out as they are. China's basketball team is going to walk out as they are. Yeah. They're not all walking out in one big group I never, together. I never understood that anyway, because symbolically, it doesn't even make sense. If you're like, we're doing an Olympics where all the countries get together, you would think symbolically, you're like, cool. So at the beginning, everyone walks out together, and then we split the countries up and we compete in the games. No. But they don't do it that at way. At the outset, they it, let it, it be known. It's a, It's nationalism. I mean, it's, it's clearly, At the outset. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. And it goes against whatever sort of ethos or tenets that the National Olympic Committee is is claiming that they... Yeah, claiming <laughs> that they are so far away from know, politics. Like, we're in a we league removed from politics. No, you're not. You're the the, the, the sports same, are thriving yeah. off of politics, right? And and you're using how divisive it is to generate money for basically a bunch of corporations that then do the same thing. They try, yeah. you know, what I'm saying they 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 push that same propaganda, and and that's why you know again it's like all of this stuff could be really good fodder to have these conversations about, but we aren't able to do that, and we talk about how this has been something that's part and parcel with sports. I mean, particularly in the last 100 years, I would say, and particularly in the United States and even more particularly in African-Americans position in those in, in sports. Yes. And the thing that irks me the most when I see this type of shit online and people, you know, I'm saying getting back and forth. And then there's all this rhetoric saying, Oh, look how divisive we are. Look how like, you know, uh, uh, aggressive and violent. And it's like, Yo, Jack Johnson, Muhammad Ali, like there are people in the past that that the the, the fight that they were facing was real. Yeah. And it was not on the internet. Yeah. And so that's that to me is like it kind of pisses me off because it's like, yo, we've done this shit before. We've done it. And we're here now to where all, all we have to do is just say the quiet part out loud and everybody just like be honest and open and then start from what you were talking about at the top of this segment of of understanding that this is all 
monolithically together that this is all inherently political and racial and this is the place and this is the arena that we have these conversations and make these strides for. Yes. But instead... The reckoning can be progressive. And we have all of the infrastructure set up right now. We're on a fucking podcast talking about it. Like... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, like, and it's so <laughs> every and, week, and so it's just like, come on, like yeah. let's 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 be realistic here because I I just don't think that if this is where we're at right now, I don't see what I don't know what else is going to come that's going to get people to go. Oh, you know what? That's all we needed to be able to get it right. It's like it's all we, we have it right now. We're yeah. right here. We're in it. We get to watch these sort of hugely, you know, uh. uh relative like hundred plus hundreds year old like socio-racial dramas play out in front of on broadcast to nearly 10 million people yeah where everybody got to have the conversation together at the same time and we couldn't even for out the gate (laughs) come out without hating on each other yep and it's just like and showing our true colors on. and showing where we stand and showing and, our asses and, and, and then we want to be the people that's talking about and giving advice about sportsmanship Huh? You calling her a classless piece of shit, but you talking about being somebody with class? You online calling people a fucking idiot? You idiot? What are we doing here? And you don't even know, and your idiotic self don't even know what happened a couple days ago and the weekend before that where Caitlin Clark did the exact same thing? Keith? But you got the nerve to call somebody an idiot about some shit you don't even know about. But again, as you mentioned, as I've mentioned, once we have that monolithic belief, that monolithic agreement that sports are inherently political, our sportsmanship will continue to look a mess like this in y'all's reaction. It will not thrive. It might it might be marketable. Again, we've seen this before. We've seen Magic and Larry. We're watching Angel and Caitlin. Shout out to them. We've seen this before. But as far as sportsmanship is concerned, it definitely don't exist with y'all that have been out here critiquing Angel Reese. I tell you that much. Just listen at what you're saying. Ain't nothing about that good sportsmanship. So, you just got to acknowledge all of that. Yo, Angel Reese could light Caitlin Clark's car on fire after she won that national championship. Like, well, she, she's a champion. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people I mean, do light their cars on know, fire she, at the parade. You know, it's but like, don't go that far, Angel Reese. Don't, don't, don't do that. You see what happens? You see what happens when all you do is wave she your hand in front pass. of your face. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she gets till the end of the you, summer and then no more flipping cars and being drunk in public. That, you know, shout I out to like her for being a champion. And I also still want to talk about some of the game, the elements of the game too. Um, Alexis Morris. Oh my goodness, what a game! The most phenomenal defense that I've ever seen from one half to the other. She played through injury. She did it on both ends. I don't know on what her. Dra- I don't know ends. what her draft stock was before that game, but I would imagine that it is considerably higher today because she's a speedy guard she's, yeah. that can score in the middle. Yeah. She can play defense. 
And she's she obviously tough. And she mastered the lost art of the mid-range. Oh, my goodness. That mid-range jumper was just was, uh, dropping. And it was automatic. It was automatic. Leaning, leaning. And uh, then on the, the other bodies, end. Out of bodies. Uh, every, from every which every, way but every Sunday. Every which way. It was every nuts. Which way. She was on her game. Also, we got to shout out the LSU Ice Spice, Jasmine Carson. Yeah, I mean... I'm pretty sure she went perfect from the field in the first in half the first and half. ended up with 21. Lighten it up for me. And I knew LSU was going to be able to like run with them like that. I, that's as soon as I saw what Caitlin Clark and them did, which by the way, if I'm Don Staley and them, I, the, the, of all the disrespect, I'm a basketball guy. To me, the most disrespectful thing I saw over this last few games was how deeply they were sagging off some of those, you know, uh, wing players for South Carolina, and they weren't shooting. I think on both ends, I was like, yeah. this is pitiful to bad. the game. It was bad. I can't believe was... you're not taking that shot, but I digress. But once I saw that, I saw that, I was like, you know what? LSU is going to be able to really cook them because yeah. they can run with them. Yep. They can shoot. And Angel Reese, I love Aaliyah Boston, but Kaylin Clark is wicked fast off that dribble. And so being able to move laterally with, laterally with her when you're the only person on their basket is tough. And I'm looking at Angel Reese and I'm like, yeah, she's really athletic. She's really athletic. And she had yeah. big blocks in yeah, that game that did. sealed like the, 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 the masterpiece that they put on it. I don't mess with Kim Mulkey. I don't, she looks like Ronald McDonald's aunt and I don't, <laughs> I, you know, and, and, and I'm not even going to get into her politics, but, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she can flat out coach she and she coach. had them going crazy. They were dialed in in America. Y'all had them dialed in too. With and I sort of apologize. I think I made like three aunt jokes so far in this podcast. <laughs> I, listen, I'm still rusty. Give me a second. All right. I got to knock the ring rust off. Oh man. So yeah. Don't play with him. No, nah, it, it was a great game. And again, and, and again, you could hear it like. That that meant something. Angel Reese, it was a sisterhood thing. Yeah, yeah, she used L she used our SEC sisters as a mask. So the reality was we saw how they did. We saw how they, we all saw it. We all saw how they did South Carolina. Yeah. We can't act like that didn't happen. Because it did. But again, we saw how people reacted when it happened to South Carolina. The Giants, the champions, the undefeated team, the team full of black women with the black with the black woman as a head coach. That's revolutionizing this thing. She's been clapping back at Gino Ariema. She's been clapping back. She's been defending her girls in this position, and her girls have been defending her, and they've been running through a brick wall for her, winning her national championships and winning 36 games in a row in a season and 50-plus games if you, if you also tackle on last season as well. She's been coming to the defense of them. We all see it. Again, just, we just show your hand next time. Because Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, yeah, they was talking about the defense is disrespectful, but it was deeper than that. And that's and let's it, it just was. We can acknowledge that. It was deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? They just were media trained enough to say our SEC sisters instead of our sisters. Period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like you could have just our sisters, period. We seeing how y'all treating them. We hearing how y'all acting. We're here in the stadium. Everybody's talking about it. We can see and hear the reactions. We're here at the Final Four, too. It's not like the games are happening at another site. We're all here. <laughs> we can all feel it. We can all sense it. We're all in this together. Oh, shit. <laughs> we are all in this together. <laughs> 
Yo, you just quoted High School Musical, We're man. All you in this really together. are a hooper. You saw past how crappy that movie was. We are like all in this in together. <laughs> but y'all want to act like, um, oh, it, it's not about race. Yeah. It's not about that. Man, we, listen to what you're saying. Look at how you're responding. Your actions speak far louder than you telling me that this is not about race. It existed. The product was great on the floor. Shout out to women's basketball. Can't wait to see what happens in the WNBA draft this coming week. Can't see what happens during the WNBA this summer. Can't wait to see these two teams potentially meet in the Final again, Four again next year. Again, I, I, I'm sure of it. I, I just And if we're talking about go, growing the game, let's just be real. Go ahead and let them play on opening night next season, for crying out loud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What a, like, what a move like, from the Oracle. What a move it would if be. Would I'm, not be saying, I'm not telling you not to reap the benefits of your game growing. Lean into it. Reap the benefits of the game growing. The game is also going to come with growing pains. Yes. Yes, sir. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Move toward the discomfort a little Move bit. Move towards yeah. the discomfort a little bit. Growing comes with growing pains. Mm. But we want to see this thing grow. We've been talking about wanting this thing to grow for a long time now. Mm-hmm. It's going to come with some growing pains. The reckoning we saw over the weekend was one of them. But we still want to see this thing grow. It deserves to grow. Because we saw the product. It's clearly there. The product is there. So, yeah, it's going to be some toxicity that comes along with it a little bit. But with growing comes growing pains. And once we can accept both of those realities, we can continue to focus more on the growth and accept the pains. And be accountable and acknowledge the pain. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem. You know, like I say, like I, I, I've always, you know, from from my experiences in life, it's like the only ways that you really get good relationships out of people, whether it be between people of different races or different genders or different sexuality, is like, I mean, really, is when you like acknowledge the differences in one another, kind of make fun of them a little bit, and then go, cool, you want to get a beer? And then you just kick it. And kick it. But if you yeah. sit there the whole time and act like, I'm everything, we're all this, you know, and there's nothing to see here. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, look yeah, square. Yeah. Like, yeah. you look scary. And you, you look to, uncomfortable. You need to, you're scary. Yeah. You need to chill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, could you step outside for you? Just stand, stand over there, Oberman. Like, yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. And you know, yeah. and that's the thing, like, for sure. we talk about Oberman and Portnoy and all these goofies. It's like, if we really were having that conversation, it would be a lot easier and, and it would be way more seamless to be like, yeah, yeah, we're all talking. And then these two goofballs walk up to him. What a fucking it. We would just, get, get, get out. Like, what are you guys over here? Do like, just get out of here. Just get out of here. If you were at a bar, we were all hanging out and those two goofies walked up talking about what a clap. Like, dude, you guys get the f- out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all go somewhere. I mean, bro. they wouldn't say that we shit. Go, we going to make y'all feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They wouldn't, say, y'all that. Gonna, they wouldn't yeah, say, yeah. say that shit outside. Yeah. We're going to make y'all uncomfortable. Now <laughs> we're now, now we all going to make y'all uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. I know now, you wouldn't say Across some shit difference, outside. we about I to would. make y'all uncomfortable. Right. Right. Across difference, us over here, that's all different. Oh, we about to make y'all yeah. uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you know we, again, we know you want to say some shit outside. We will. Trust me. We will say something outside. Oh, and a piece of advice to you, Dr. Jill. 
Dr. Jill Biden, I called you culturally incompetent, and I 100% stand on that. But you know what might help you a little bit? If you go ask Joe to let Flage uh, perform a rap verse, uh, one of her records up there. God, how fucking funny would that be? Go dude? let her perform. That's the, because, because. <laughs> For God, what dude, it's worth, that, that sounds happen. pretty extreme, doesn't it? Awesome. Doesn't that? It sounds great. It, it sounds, sounds great. Amazing. But listen, it sounds pretty extreme, right? Shoot a video on the. Have we ever seen House? a women's basketball player win a national championship and go perform at the White House? No. So that in that case, amazing. it's pretty extreme. You have to make up for the extreme shit that you said by. Asking a runner-up to come to the White House, which guess what? That's never That's happened crazy. either. You need to do something extremely opposite of that boof of a mistake <laughs> that you made there. Because you boofed. She boofed it. You boofed. <laughs> say, you know what? I apologize. Acknowledge you are culturally incompetent. And say, I, my folks over at the Wake Up and Win podcast, they said... We ought to let Flage rap at the White House. Wouldn't that be a big moment? Jill's like, oh, you're going to bring you and all your wards up to the, <laughs> to the White House? Well, go ahead, honey. Bring them all in. Why not? Spit that. And, and she can rap. She can rap. From what ward? I went, I went and listened to her. Day. I went and listened to her. She can rap. Flage can rap. I haven't heard her yet. I went and listened to her. She I gets don't care. busy. I don't care if she can. I want to see a performance at the White House. You know who else can rap? Dame Lillard can rap. I heard that. You know, I've heard of that. He I've ain't playing basketball no more. <laughs> damn it. I'll tell you that much. We know he can that. do that, though. But still, yeah. he ain't playing. And his team is, which, I mean, we know they're in full-on tank mode. And I appreciate Dame for going and doing him, not taking the game too seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know we saw your commitment to the game this season. I watched him score 60 and 70. Can't nobody tell me shit over here about that guy and his commitment to anything when it comes to basketball. Because he showed up and he showed out all year long. Obviously, his team ain't win, but it ain't because of him. I'll stand on that. Now, here he is. Season ain't over. And he full on rapping. And not too long. I, I mean, he rapping like he's Look. about to retire from basketball <laughs> yeah. and go full time with this rap shit. Listen, bro. <laughs> like, listen, bro. I, 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 we'll get into it. But I just want to acknowledge real quick that I could be doing me all over the world too if my money was longer than an old person's story like his is because i mean geez it's easy to do but yes i agree it's great that he's doing that he's, but it's I mean, great you know, it's I, great i mean he, you he, know he, with, with, with money comes a little bit of financial freedom he's got that yeah because he mean, wasn't he wasn't cussing and all of that in the earlier rap I mean, he front been. Days. you know he what he should have been he should have been i, 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 I wish that was he stupid I'm yeah. like, that's not well, how Well, it makes talk. a difference. That's Clearly. not how you talk, dude. That's not, yeah. yeah <laughs> Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. bro. It makes a difference. <laughs> like, even my but he wasn't. But he also, his bag wasn't as long as it is now either at the time. Yeah. So you can correlate it to that, I would say. And it would be a fair correlation to make. I understand it. He was playing the game. Well, like, yeah, we wish you might have, should have been back then. But it's like, it actually kind of worked out because it gave you room to grow as an artist. Because you sound way better as a rapper when you cuss, Dame. Let's just be honest with you here. <laughs> talk, when you're talking that shit and you rapping that rap, you're pretty good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you you can bar up, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I would like, love to spitting. see I would love to see what his competitive work ethic 
look like if he was like 100% Locked invested. Into the studio. I don't have anything. I have no other job. I, I think that day is coming. I think it's coming Soon too. enough. You know, it's he funny. already went on JJ's I, podcast I, and I, said he don't like the NBA th- no look, more. So he thing. ain't that far from retiring. This the thing. And this is clearly what he's setting himself to be able to do once I, he does. I promise you that Damian Lillard will not sign another contract with the it, it, past his extension. His extension. If he does, we're talking one-year deals, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. At the highest bidder at the most, if if that's really just where in a, in two or three years from now he goes, it would just be this. stupid I to really, turn it down. I need to get, no, he yeah. doesn't. The you money I mean. is not an issue. Yeah, for it's sure. do I want a championship or not? Yeah, he is. He has. Yeah. He has expertly through the through his his relations with the media has completely set it up to where when and if he retires after this contract with no ring, he will have not lied about anything that he said the entire time. Not saying I'm going to, I'm going to be a blazer my entire life, blah, 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 blah. Like he will have fulfilled all of those obligations, cleared something close to a billion (laughs) dollars through his career and go down as the greatest blazer of all time. All things that he said he was going to do. He did it. He did it. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have one. This to me is the off season. It's not about, Oh, we're going to get to the uh, team. That's going to feel every year. No, no, no. It's, it's not about, it's not about whether or not, it's going. It's not going to happen. Let me just be clear. Okay. Like, yes, we do hear that every year. That's why we can say that it's not going to happen. Right. So it's not going to happen. Okay. We do not have the cap. We do not have the the, the relationships. I mean, it's just you're talking about the, a, a, a build out for an organization to build a championship team in today's NBA climate. It's no chance that it's going to be able to be in the window of Dame's career, period. End of discussion. Forget it. So shade and sharp. Okay. We'll see what else we can do. Dame Anthony Simons. Anthony, okay, but Anthony Simons is a trade piece. He's he's get someone around Shaden. Let's see what happens in the draft and get someone around Shaden. That, that that's what I see when I'm looking long term. And mind you, I've been a Blazer fan my entire life. Yeah. So I've watched a lot of these. Like, let's try to pan out some long term garbage and turn it into a plate of gold. Right. And a lot of the right. times it hasn't happened. Yeah. So I, I just think that it's over. I mean, and. And I, like I said, that's why I want to I want to start rapping because Damian Lillard's inspired me to start rapping again. He's getting busy, and he's so I'm, busy. I'm you know go do your thing, man. He's getting busy. He, he's he's set up in his entire family's life and his entire family's life for future generations. Yeah, he he did it the right way. Oregon is always going to be a home to him. He's all he'll never have to buy a beer here for the rest of his life. I love that he kept the business first too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he 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 really showed that this is a business and like yeah the ring cha- the ring culture if you will is a thing that exists in this business but the top priority in business is always going to be the economics it's going to be the money and he went and got that back and like you said he's setting himself up to be able to do whatever he want however he want forever forever <laughs> and like Rich, he said he's... that's dope you know what i mean like to me i would much if you if i had to choose between a ring and that i'm choosing that every time yep, yep. i'm just being honest with you For you know sure. what i'm saying sure. i'm choosing that every single time cuz it's hard enough to get the ring anyway yeah, I mean, and it really shows, like, Damian Lillard, I think, is going to show when his story is done in the NBA that, like, 
I, and I believe this, and I and I think that if you asked him, I mean, I don't, you know, I would, I don't have the opportunity to do that, but it's like, if you really had him sit there and think about it, it's like, he, I think Damian Lillard has made the most out of just how incredible a realization of a of a dream it is yeah to just play in the nba and and he it's an unbelievable unbelievable and and he did it and he was able to keep his identity so thorough and build a family and build a life and build like i mean it the right way he's doing it the right way it's un it's doing it it's such a great amazing story and i look forward to Whoever gets the opportunity to write that book, you know, or maybe he does a memoir or something. And, oh yeah, he's got. I mean, because yeah, I mean, because I think that that guy has just a lot of game to give. That yeah. it's going to go well beyond the sport. He's one of those. He ain't, he ain't done at the the hoop shit is just the beginning for him. Oh yeah, he's and he's, so he's going to do. He's going to impact whatever way he sees fit. But you know, but you he's know, I, I don't. You know, and I, I know I'm, I'm putting a lot of rose colored glasses on it. I really don't want to to it, the, all of this to go beyond. That the reason why he didn't win a championship is Portland Trailblazers fans' fault. I'm gonna go on record and say that it's mm. it's the fans' fault. Enough about been, the Blazers. Has they're been. not I'm they're just, not newsworthy just, right just now. Know, just know Dame's bars know. were newsworthy. Just know that I well, know when the Blazers ain't newsworthy. They tanking. They not they're not taking up that much airtime on my podcast right now. <laughs> Dame's bars, we could talk about. Eh, the Blazer, we don't even yeah, want to get into that wormhole. He, he did say some ill shit. He was B bar. He He's been barring up. He's been barring up. Dave Jr. You've been Dave listening Jr. to any new music? I mean, I, I checked out the new uh, Gangster Grills uh, uh, Tyler, Tyler. Creator. It was cool. Yeah. You know, the, I always like the, the Gangster Grills. The Super treatment. Deluxe. I call it a Super Deluxe because obviously that call, call if you get lost, call me if you get lost, won a Grammy. Him yeah. and Drama won a Grammy for the, for the mixtape. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the mixtape because it's the Gangster Grills and now they've made a super deluxe mixtape and added like eight songs to that. Drama's applying pressure right now. Tyler is him. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Tyler is him. I'm always listening to him. I'm back in that mode now, bro, where it's like for a minute I wasn't listening to no music because I was all dialed in with sports. But now I'm back gigging every weekend. So it's like I'm tuned into the music now, man. I'm listening to everybody, especially R&B music now. It's just like with me having that gig every Friday, you know, I like to keep my sets fresh. So I'm always adding to the arsenal. So I'm kind of back in that mode. The Masego was nice. Oh, yeah. Masego, out of here. That was a sweet album. Out of here. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's super album. talented. You notice we ain't even acknowledged that UConn won the national championship. Congra- congratulations, UConn, for a and it's cool, stunning victory. It's, it's a okay against. Uh, I, what, I, I had him going to the final four on my bracket. I didn't have him winning at all, which I mean, hey, who not probably many people did, but I mean, I, I actually got to see UConn, even though they obviously hit some roadblocks during the course of the season, which what teams don't for the most part. Um, I watched UConn when they were here during the PK tournament, and they cleared it. Like, they got busy in that tournament. So when it came down to doing my bracket, I I, I knew they were going to go Final Four far, which obviously you get to the Final Four, and now everybody's got a chance at winning the championship. They secured the bag. They got it done. Congratulations to them. I mean, everybody except San Diego State in that particular instance because they had zero shot. They had no shot. No shot at all. No shot at all. Florida Atlantic would have actually been a better matchup. <laughs> probably. For UConn. Yeah. You got still the one, but yeah. I think Florida Atlantic probably would have been a, would have made it a tougher 
matchup there. But congratulations to UConn. Grateful for another year of college basketball for us calling games. I, I always kind of around this time sit back and reflect. It's kind of like we got our own one shining moment. You know, we've been calling games all year long and we won't be calling games again until next season. <laughs> so it'll be football first, obviously, in the fall. Super excited for that over at Pacific University. And then, of course, we'll be back in college hoops mode again. I'll be at Portland State. I'll be calling Pacific men's and women's with this guy right here. And we're going to keep the ball rolling. So it's just a relief season's finally over because even in March Madness it's like I still got to follow of course you know what I mean being doing what it is that I do um but at the same time now it's done and I'm all vibes until football season and then we back to the gridiron and it's up from there yeah I had to go and look up Transylvania University's women's team because they won the D3 national title and I'm like Look! 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 What I've become! Yeah, yeah baby! <laughs> look what I've become! I should be asleep right now. <laughs> On that note, we are going to leave this podcast the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.